0: everyone and welcome to Full Stack Health, the podcast exploring mental and physical health in the tech industry. I'm Amberly, And I'm Kurt. And first off, we really appreciate the warm welcome and response to our very first episode. So thank you all for that. After it was released, though, Kurt and I felt like something was missing. Uh, We wanted to hear more voices and more perspectives. So we came up with a new idea. For each episode that follows the original format, we'll also do a complimentary shorter episode that just focuses on sharing personal experiences and stories from folks in the tech industry. We'll ask each guest three consistent questions. We'll also answer these questions ourselves. We're calling these Short Stack Episodes. So
1: Here in a little bit, we'll be speaking with Info Steph about her experience with generalized anxiety and depression. But first, we'll start off discussing the same three questions we'll pose to her.
0: So, Kurt, you and I both struggle with depression and anxiety. Um, And aside from our physical health goals, that was one of the first things that we actually really bonded over as friends. So let's start with you. Question one. Does anxiety ever interfere with your day to day life?
1: Uh, For me, yes, it does. I wouldn't say like all the time, but it definitely has a way of uh, working itself into my my life pretty often. Maybe not day to day, but very often. I've actually been dealing with a lot of anxiety this week. Um, I just had like a lot of stuff culminate into needing to be done within a a seven day period. uh, And it's definitely causing me enough anxiety that I'm actually putting this stuff off. Right. Um, and so it, it kind of sucks. And it sometimes it gets into my personal life as well. Like I, I work remotely and so I don't see everyone from my team every day. Uh, and so sometimes just in my head, you know, I just start wondering like, Oh, am I doing a good enough job? Am I focusing on the right things? Am I using my time wisely enough? Uh, So it definitely uh, starts to show itself there as well. And then in the third area where I would say it shows the most is then like with work-life balance and, and dealing with my family and work. Like as I'm questioning if I'm doing enough work and I start to do more, then I start to question, oh, you know, now am I... Not spending enough time with the with the kids and with Donna and you know should I be doing better there what else can I be doing? So yeah it definitely plays a decent role um, in my life I try to manage it but yeah I would say I feel its effects pretty regularly. How about you?
0: Yeah, it definitely does for me too uh, it tends to be the most set off by things related to like public exposure in career and tech-related things. Like one example of that was uh, it was really terrifying to me when I first started working on the Gatsby repo uh, that people were going to get notifications and emails from me, like watching the repo uh, whenever I opened a PR issue or anything like that. So I was always really hesitant to push post. Um, And I was also the first female dev on the Gatsby Inc. team. So wading into certain Slack conversations or asking questions that I I was like, oh, man, I should know the answer to this uh, was super anxiety-inducing. And nine times out of ten, my questions end up having, like, more complicated answers and require more discussion. So at this point, I try to just fire off a question when I have it um so over time some of that anxiety has gone away just through sheer exposure um and last week was a great example too the idea of live streaming terrifies me but i said yes to go on jason's learn with live, uh jason's learn with jason live stream um and saying yes to things like that is to me it's sort of like booking a flight at 5 a.m three months in advance where it sounds like a legit idea at the time and then not so much when you come to it Um, but I was so anxious that I ended up implementing what we planned to do during the stream before the stream Uh, (laughs) so I don't know the idea that anonymous people are watching me live is even more freaky than the idea of giving like a live talk so I wanted to come up with excuses and cancel and I felt like I was going to be sick but uh, Jason talked me through it and calmed me down, and it ended up actually going really well. Um, But that doesn't mean I won't feel the same way if he asks me to do it again. Um, and then, personally, day to day, yeah, with the family balance stuff, I used to have uh, a lot of anxiety and feel really sad about that when I lived up in DC. And so, that's part of the reason I moved back to Texas. My family is in Dallas, uh, and I'm now in Austin. So it helps me to know that I'm. I can just hop in the car and drive up the highway, um, if there's an emergency or anything. Which there was last month, uh, a couple months ago. Went through a lot of family stuff, and it helped knowing that I could just get in the car and go up there. So, um, moving on to question two, are there any particular things you do to avoid getting anxious or? Uh, to stop it when you're feeling anxious?
2: Ooh,
1: um, yeah, so that's a good one. I would say I'm going to start with uh, avoiding getting anxious first. Uh, I find the thing that helps me the most there is having a schedule. Uh, I don't know what it is, but when, when my day-to-day becomes like a routine uh, and you know, there's a schedule that I can adhere to, I tend to do a lot better and get a lot Uh, less anxious about things especially it helps with work-life balance and stuff like you know blocking out chunks of time for um, exercise which is something that's very important to me because of uh, uh, my struggles with depression and then cutting out chunks of time where I can focus on work and at the same time you know in that schedule having a time when work stops and then that's it it becomes family time Uh, I think, you know, that tends to help me quite a bit as far as when I'm starting to feel anxious, there's, it depends. It depends on the situation and like what's happening when I'm anxious about more things that like, aren't tangible, like thinking about the future or, you know, things that you can't quantify easily. I just, um, find that like trying to put data to it, you know, and like, like, being more analytical as opposed to um, just letting my mind wander and like start to like break down the facts. Like, well, you stop working every day, you know, by five thirty PM. Right. And you're with your kids and that's way more time you were able to spend with them than, you know, in your previous jobs and stuff. So like, you know, you're making improvements there and just like stuff like that. Like, okay, I've, I've created, you know, X amount of pieces of content and like, you know, done these talks, like I'm on track, you know, for work, stuff like that it tends to help to just like try to be analytical and so as part of that i've been uh reading a lot on like stoicism which is a huge focus on like only trying to control what you can control and not worrying about the rest which to me like is the basic uh symptom for me of anxiety is like i'm always concerned about controlling things that aren't controllable Uh, so that helps when I'm feeling anxious, I like, I don't know, it's pretty hard for me to come out of that feeling just like once it gets pretty deep, some things I try and do those, like just breathe, um, you know, make sure I'm breathing regularly and slowly. Uh, and then also just like, it it might even be something as simple as like doing 20 push-ups or something like that. Like something to just like a physical exertion or something to take my mind off of it. Um, maybe even full on like workout if I can, but like before a talk, I get really anxious. Uh, and then I just find surrounding myself by people, you know, in the, in the same situation, doing the same thing helps a little bit, but yeah, I don't really have like a good answer. I would love to hear from, from folks who, uh, also deal with anxiety and, uh, you know, what kind of tactics they use. Yeah. So, I mean, what about you? Uh, do you have anything particular that, that you do or, um, to prepare
0: Uh, well, to avoid getting anxious, if I feel it coming on, um, well, first of all, even a step back, sort of like you maintaining a regular exercise schedule helps with that. Um, if things happen to get me off of that schedule, like it did recently, I definitely feel a difference in my ability to manage depression and anxiety, um, but in the moment, if I feel it coming on, like getting out of whatever physical space I'm in helps sometimes, whether that's going for a walk or, um, you know, if I'm in my apartment, just, okay, I'm going to go grocery shopping now, or I'm just going to go walk around somewhere, uh, that can help. And then Steph talks a little bit about this in when we talk to her, but there's also the CBT cognitive behavioral therapy, um, approach of catch it, check it, change it, where it helps me. I don't, I don't use an app every time or anything, but it helps to say, okay, uh, catch it. I recognize I'm having this feeling or this thought, uh, check it, like challenge it. Am I catastrophizing? Am I, you know, going down this totally unnecessary mental path that, um, I'm worrying about things I have no, no control over. Uh, And then change it where you go through this active step of um, sort of digesting what you've come to in that check it phase. Uh, That really helps me a lot. Um, And another thing I do is if it's a particular event or something I'm anxious about in advance, like a talk coming up or something, I will absolutely massively (laughs) over-prepare, like if I can have the confidence that I've controlled every element that I possibly can um, and that the rest is just whatever it's going to be like via con Dios, whatever it's going to be. Um, that helps me feel like, okay, I've done whatever I can and the rest is out of my control and it's going to be what it's going to be. So I fight anxiety with uh, preparedness <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So moving on to question three, how does anxiety affect your life more broadly, both personally and in your career in tech?
1: I would say like, yeah, more at the macro level. uh, In my personal life, I would say, honestly, like the anxiety from that is much less intense than it is from my technical life. But I guess the way that it affects my personal life is sometimes I have a hard time turning off Like my work brain, I'm always concerned to work about things. So something I've been trying to work at a lot is being way more present um, in my personal life and trying not to um, let my brain wander so much. Like if I'm in work mode, that's what I'm focused on solely. And if I'm with the family, then that's what I'm focused on solely uh, and trying to create those mental barriers. It's been pretty difficult though. uh, Something I'm definitely still working at in, in my, in, in my work life in tech it affects me multiple ways um so like i definitely get anxious before i give talks and stuff and as that being part of my job it's pretty hard to deal with um you know like when i think about um long term right like you know uh putting myself into those states uh is is pretty bad for you you know so it's like just trying to find that balance and work towards um being less anxious uh, when, when I'm in these situations. And another way I would say it affects me is that I feel like I don't produce the best work that I could uh, because sometimes I get anxious about like certain pieces of content that I'm writing or a talk that I'm going to give. And when I get anxious, I tend to procrastinate and like push it off. Like I don't want to deal with it, which is funny because that feeds my anxiety. And then I become more anxious about the thing. And then I try and push it further away So I feel like sometimes I I let myself get right up under the gun, um, for getting things done. Uh, and it's not because I'm like lazy and I, I, you know, just want to sit down and watch some Netflix. It's just because like, I'm mentally (laughs) not capable of like, yeah, of just like saying, Hey, let's just sit down and get through this. Like, you know, you know, know, like it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Like, don't worry about, don't worry about it so much, you know? And I would say that that's the biggest effect that it has on me right now. Yeah. So, you know, uh, throwing it back over to you, like how does how does anxiety mess with, with your life or does it?
0: It does. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel it more in my career than personally, really, uh, especially, like I said earlier, since I moved back to Texas and I have the the confidence that I'm a drive away if I need to be, need to be somewhere. Um, so, but in terms of career in tech, uh, I used to feel even more uh, when I wasn't sure where I was really going with my career in tech, but I feel pr- pretty solid about that now. Um, but I, I relate this clo- pretty closely back to imposter syndrome. Like for years, I was so anxious that I wouldn't be taken seriously, that I just sort of danced around the edge of doing full-time dev work. Um, yeah. And even though I'd been building for the web for a pretty long time, uh, I did a boot camp uh, hack reactor back in early 2016. And that was both for the chance to like focus really intensively on upping my skills and just just get to focus on that. But it was also to give me the backing of, like, some kind of perceived credibility. Um, And I don't want to go into a discussion about, like, boot camp credibility. But at least it was something behind me, uh, beyond me just saying, I'm here, I do things, I think I'm okay at them. Uh, And I think this has changed a lot in the last few years, uh, though, like, boot camp credibility. But um, another career example, same as you, would be giving talks. And you don't have to give talks to have a successful career in tech, obviously, but they can definitely be good for your career, opening up opportunities and meeting people. So the very first larger talk I ever gave, and I'm not even going to say what it was, uh, I truly like blacked out (laughs) like I hardly remember giving it I remember my face feeling super hot and super flushed and that was pretty much it um I was at I I decided as soon as I stepped off I was like I'm never ever gonna do this again uh but then this year my coworker Jason Langsdorf was like hey, these are some speaking opportunities I really think you should think about or apply for if this is something you even want to try to do again. Uh, if you do want to do it, how can I support you? Uh, and I learned a ton about the mistakes that I'd made in preparing for that like blackout talk. So now I have certain strategies that are oriented toward uh, handling my greatest fears and the greatest causes of anxiety around talking. So One example is uh, I'm super, super afraid of giving someone, or in this case, a crowd of someone's incorrect information, especially when that's gonna be recorded or something. So to tackle that, I try to lock content by a certain date and pass it through people I trust and respect sort of as subject matter experts. Uh, And then again, sort of, I've controlled everything I can control Via Condios, I've done what I can. That's how I would say it affects my life and personally and personally and career-wise. It's,
1: it's amazing to hear kind of some of those similarities.
0: Yeah. And I have a feeling a lot of tech folks listening can definitely identify with a lot of that.
1: Yeah, hashtag relatable.
0: <laughs> hashtag relatable. <laughs> uh, so now let's dive into our chat with Info Steph who is an InfoSec analyst, podcaster, and Women of Security Houston chapter lead. We asked her to chat with us because I've seen tweets from her consistently sharing about her depression and generalized anxiety. She also co-hosts a podcast called Coolest Nerds in the Room, and they actually had an episode back in May, which uh, I'll link to in the show notes, where they talked about mental health and their personal journeys with mental illness. So, let's get started.
1: Thank you, Steph, for joining us. Uh, We're super excited to have you here. Uh, And to start off, would you like to share a little more about who you are and and, uh, what you do?
2: Yeah. um, By day, I am a security analyst, like you said, um, for a law firm, uh, which is very interesting to do tech for a company that is not a tech company. So... (laughs) Uh, you can imagine that. But um, at night, or really any other time that I'm not at work, I pretty much do a myriad of things. Um, I'm creating a course for LinkedIn currently, and I do speaking engagements. I um, am the lead, as you said, for WOSEC, and I'm volunteering with WISP um, for scholars that are going to DEF CON. WISP is uh, Women in Security and Privacy, and they are sponsoring women um 92 of them to go to Defcon this year um so i'm one of the leads for 32 of them <laughs> so uh that's really what's been taking a large portion of my time and i'm a student so <laughs> i go to school um whenever i can <laughs> so yeah that's pretty much the rest of it i guess it's not covered in in what you already said
0: uh what's What school? What are you studying?
2: So I go to WGU and I'm studying um, information technology. And the funny thing is, is that that's not what I went there for. I went there for information technology with a security emphasis. So a bunch of like security related um, classes. However, it's extremely hard to do that in a timely manner when you work also. And so as soon as I got um, in my first security job last year, I kind of was like, well, I think I'm going to do a master's anyway, so I'll just change my major to just regular IT with no flavor, and uh, then I'll just graduate quickly so I can get out. I've literally been off and on in school forever, so I just want to get out at this (laughs) point and have a break before I do my master's and and continue on that front, so Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I've uh, haven't attended school for a long time. I got my associates in uh, graphic design, but that was like, I don't even know. So you're uh, an artist. That's six cool. or seven. Years. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess I wish. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was just more or less so that when I would make things uh, for the web, they wouldn't look so terrible because I was pretty <laughs> bad, pretty bad before that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I say, uh, let's, let's go ahead and jump into these questions. Um, so, uh, first off, I want to know, you know, does anxiety ever interfere with your day-to-day life?
2: Um, in a day, in terms of right now, no. However, there was a time when it really did, where I was having like really bad, um, panic attacks. And I think it just really is a product of like, how comfortable you are with there being unknown variables around you. Um, And right now the unknown is exciting. So I don't have so much of the anxiety. I think my anxiety really triggers when I'm a, like if I feel like I'm about to have like a depressive episode, then I get anxiety because I'm like, there's so much I have to do and I don't know how debilitating this round is going to be. <laughs> and I'm just thinking of how inconvenient it can be to deal with that. So I think I more so have anxiety towards that or um, anxiety when performing. So if I'm going to do an interview or if I'm going to do a talk or you know something that involves you know, a large scale extroverting activity, then I get anxiety in those cases as well. But those are, I think those are like more jitter anxiety than, you know, than the really heavy kind of worrying anxiety.
0: Yeah, I really related to, there was a part of your episode, um, the one that you were talking about mental health, where you were talking about anxiety kicking in when like talking to someone, and there's pressure to know something, which oh, I yeah. completely <laughs> relate to. Uh, like you said something about your face getting flush. Like my entire face turns red. Yeah. <laughs> so I completely relate to that.
2: And I think I get like this weird defensive thing going to, you know, that you actually reminded me that that doesn't happen so much. Okay. So maybe that hasn't happened in the last two weeks and that's why it's not fresh on my <laughs> on my mind. Um, at the time that we recorded that I was only in my job for like under 90 days. So Uh, I think at that point it was happening way more because I'm like learning everything and everybody's like looking to me for it. But um, I'm now used to getting questions that I don't know the answer to. And so it's like whatever. But yeah, I get very defensive and I might be like a little bit more serious because I'm like trying to make it seem as if I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. <laughs> and um, so I, it's like a palm sweaty, you know, Eminem lyric. <laughs> week. <That's> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. I, I find that uh, I get like that a lot before talks. Um, and especially like workshops or something when I'm getting questions, like, I feel like I know that everyone's just going to ask the exact questions that I don't know the answers to, you know? Right. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I hate, I have, was on a panel earlier this uh, year, a security panel for small to medium sized businesses. And it was, I was very nervous because the two people that were on the, on the panel, um, with me they were you know vets i think they one was like a cto or something like that and the other one was like she owned her own consulting firm but she had done like some crazy badass stuff before and i was just (laughs) i was like i don't know what questions they're gonna ask i don't know if i'm gonna be able to hold my own i'm not sure how i'm gonna sound if i'm gonna not know um and the thing is is that like you kind of have this pressure because It's like they're looking to you as the expert because you're the one talking to them. But at the same time, you're like a lifetime student. So there's just going to be stuff that you don't know, but you don't want to look terrible. (laughs) So you have these thoughts like swarming in your head, but it's never as bad as like I have imagined it to be. Um, At least not yet. (laughs) Let me find some Mm -hmm. good and knock on it. (laughs) But yeah, I totally relate to that as well.
0: One thing I've noticed in a lot of, uh, conference CFPs call calls for proposals, um, more and more they're doing, they're expressly saying there will be no like audience FAQ afterwards. Oh, Um, and (laughs) I am personally relieved by that trend. I think it's (laughs) a lot easier. It's a lot less stressful if, you know, people are going to come up and ask you questions one-on-one afterward, but yeah especially in like a talk setting, the audience, FAQ, you never know what you're going to get in front of a bunch of people. That can be really stressful.
2: You know, and I've been to actually conferences where during the presentation, people have stopped them to ask questions, which oh, man. I think would be a complete nightmare. <laughs> that would be a complete, I mean, I think that because, you know, you're already nervous and you're trying to remember what it is you're supposed to say at what slide, <laughs> and you're trying to go with the flow. So to have somebody just completely interrupt that and recover quickly enough to where you're able to get it all out and in a you know coherent manner, it's really, really difficult.
0: All right. So next question, are there any particular things you do uh, to avoid getting anxious or to stop it when you're feeling anxious?
2: So, um, last year I had a really rough year. If you even remotely paid attention to me, you'll probably know because I reference it a lot. But I had a rough year. And um, at the tail end of last year, I had anxiety because um, I would get these really bad depressive episodes and it would affect everything. And so, at this, and then bad things were happening like literally the entire year. Like in one month, I think. Uh, Four different things happened to my family. Like, my grandfather passed. My brother got into this really bad accident and his car was totaled. My other brother got laid off. And then um, my long term relationship ended, like all in August, (laughs) all in the same month. So, towards the end of the year, I'm just kind of like, I just don't want anything else bad to happen. And so, I would think about like what could possibly happen or the worst case scenario or how could I do things to kind of get ahead of it because I don't, I, basically trying to control things I can't control so that I don't have to feel anxious about it or have to go through something terrible. And at one point, I was literally like reading so many articles on anxiety and depression. I was also um, listening to a lot of podcasts. And um, I also uh, signed up for this app. And I want to say the name of it is Joyable. But I'm not 100% of that that's name. Um, but this particular, I'll explain what it is. And, you know, I'll give you what, what it is after this. But um, essentially, it's an app where you get like a life coach, <laughs> which sounds so dramatic. <laughs> but I'm going to let you know what it, what, the, what it does. And basically, it teaches you the um, CBT method, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And it basically has you challenge your thoughts. So if you have a tendency to like think worst case scenario or um, overgeneralize or kind of be an extremist with your with your thoughts, um, it tells you to challenge like every single thought you have. So if you're like, what if I die if I leave? Like if I get on this plane, what if I die? Then it's like, okay, statistically speaking, do we know how many planes crash in a year? Um, and hopefully that number is low because <laughs> if you have something it's like a tie then you know that just feeds into the anxiety but you know it's basically a method for taking every single thought you have especially one that's like really hammering and making like your heart rate you know go faster and like your blood pressure raise, um and really like breaking it down to find out is this actually true like is this actually is this an attempt is this anxiety i feel about this thing is it actually going to Happen like what's the likelihood or possibility of it happening, or am I just worried about nothing? Um, and that helped tremendously. Um, but also, I was—I uh, don't know—I think it's a podcast I listened to. Um, that the one of the hosts on the podcast, she said that when you are anxious about something, you basically. Uh, not die twice, but kind of, you kind of die twice because you're worried about dying and then you actually die. So being worried about something that, you know, might be inevitable or not doesn't actually do anything or change anything about the thing that's occurring. So it just makes you feel really bad. So I try to like have these kinds of mini conversations with myself um, in the moment when I can feel like, you know, and, and I know when I'm getting anxious too is if I'm starting to avoid everything (laughs) like if I'm like oh I know I'm supposed to be doing this thing and I do everything under the sun but that thing (laughs) I know that (laughs) I know it's because I'm feeling anxious about it so I really try to you know break everything down make sure I've corrected my thoughts because that's like the most important thing and then literally just do one thing towards whatever's giving me anxiety so if it's a particular task um, then I would do like if like I don't know if I have to take a test. I would read a page and things like that over time make you feel less anxious about something huge like that. Or if you have a talk that you want to give, maybe you would join like Toastmasters, which is like a lesser scale. You know what I'm saying? Like putting yourself in situations that will prepare you for the thing that you're anxious about. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that makes a lot of sense. So a uh, uh, kind of a follow up to that, like, you know, talking about how how you deal with it when it's like coming on or is present but like how does it affect your life more broadly you know like either like in your personal life or tech life do you find anxiety gets in the way a lot or not so much
2: um i would say that anxiety more so played a big part of my i think it played more of the it played an important part in the beginning stages of my career um it doesn't really affect my personal life that much there are certain things that I won't do (laughs) and it's because of anxiety so I have this weird feeling of just people watching me and you know several people I mean I, I go to therapy now every other week and um so I've had definitely a professional tell me that you know it's not the Stephanie show like (laughs) there are people that have their own show going on in their head so nobody's like really cares about what you do but in my head since I was younger I have thought that people would be watching me if I go out so there's certain things like I refuse to do like dance in public like it has to be like there have to be certain conditions (laughs) before I would do that or just really stupid things (laughs) like that. I mean, not stupid. Let me not say that, but you know, this weird things like that, that I I refuse to do. And as a result of that, maybe someone who's around me, like a friend or like a partner or something like that would have wanted me to dance with them. And I would say no. And then that would kind of create like a little bit of a, you know, issue there, but that's as far as it gets, like in terms of personal issues, Thank goodness. But um in terms of professional, um, this field can be very intimidating, uh, especially given that some people have been, you know, messing around with tech related things since they were in diapers. And for me, (laughs) I mean, you've heard the stories, like, oh, my dad taught me how to code because he was a rocket scientist. Like, I feel like, and you're just sitting here like, wow, I just, we got our first computer when I was in high school. Like I feel like you just have, like, a completely different story. And I, I came late to the game of, like, thinking of this as a career or something that I could do or tinkering. So, you kind of put a lot of judgment and pressure on yourself to be doing all this like really cool badass stuff every weekend and labbing and your lab is just crazy ridiculous and you've got a rack and you've got seven servers inside of it like you want to have all that going on but it's really expensive (laughs) and it's also not necessary so I feel anxiety when it comes to you know sometimes mingling with people in the industry for the first time because I'm like man what if these people are like smarter than me and like they talk to me and they're just kind of like she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. And then I'm sitting there like, Damn. <laughs> you know, um, so in the career space, you know, even like interviews or if I'm talking to people that, you know, I'm meeting newly in the industry or something like that, I do face some anxiety in the beginning, but I've kind of gotten to the point where I just push ahead anyway. <laughs> and I just try to force myself to do it. Cause it, like I said, it's never as bad as I have it in my head. And if it is, who cares? So, yeah.
0: So were you a uh, career changer or did you start off in InfoSec?
2: So uh, not a career changer, more like I, so I started off in college doing journalism and I was in print journalism. I had a print journalism major for about three years. And so that's why I was in DC because of the school I went to. They had a really good journalism program. And so I went out there to, you know, cuz journalism doesn't All
0: right. I I have to interrupt you for a minute because I also started off as a print journalism major <laughs> at a school at a school in DC. Oh. And I need to ask you which which university?
2: Well, I went to Howard. So
0: Okay. Did you go to I American? was at American. Okay.
2: Yeah, American was the se- yeah. was the second I was, it was either going to be Howard or American. And I chose Howard just because I wanted a black experience. I'm Nigerian. Um, mm-hmm. And even though like on paper, I'm black, that's not really, like it's not, it's not the same thing. You have a different culture tied to n- being Nigerian. So I really wanted to see like, cause even though I'm Nigerian, both of my parents are Nigerian, I was born here and I grew up here. So I'm pretty much American, but so I wanted to have the black American experience. And that was the only way that I, i could mm-hmm. i felt like i could do it so i went i chose that one instead but that's so funny, <laughs> like, that <is> funny. <laughs> that's hilarious but yeah i um i went there for that and then like three years and i realized that i didn't like uh people telling me what to write and the reason why i chose journalism too is because i loved writing especially print like i loved writing period i'd been writing since like second grade so at that point i was like well i can't do creative writing because what kind of a life would i have <laughs> like with that degree and that would be too expensive and then i was like okay well i also would like to you know do the magazine thing or the new uh, the newspaper thing so um but then at the third year i'm looking at my prospects i'm looking at the competition i'm looking at how cutthroat the industry is in dc and I'm kind of like not built for that kind of competition. That's gonna sound really terrible, but I, I kind of like am I'm competitive against myself and not nobody else. So uh, at the very most, I think I've been competitive with like a partner, and we, but we were in the same industry, so it was like kind of like a friendly competition thing, you know, like a motivating thing. So I was just. Kind of like, and then you have to go to people who have experienced like tragic moments and like ask them questions about it, and I felt terrible about that kind of stuff. So I decided that it wasn't for me. Um, that if I was gonna write, it would be later on in life when I could write what I wanted to. Um, and so my at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I'm changing my major, but I'm three years in. So <laughs> what am I gonna change to? Um, I've got debt up to my eyeballs already. So. <laughs> What can i do and my mom was like trying to if you know anything about nigerians they steer you towards either engineering or some sort of medical something or some sort of law something um and so they tried to do those and i was like no <laughs> and my mom was like well you've always liked computers so what about computer science and i was like wait then what would I do after that? And she's like, well, I don't know. Like, maybe you maybe should talk to somebody. And I, like, looked it up, and I was like, oh, there's, like, actually a lot of jobs. <laughs> you know, and it, you would think that I would know that, but I didn't. <laughs> like, I had never even conceptualized, you know, dealing with computers as a career. I didn't even know. I, like, there was so much I was ignorant about. And so... Um, eventually I just changed that. So it wasn't really a career change, but more like a, I guess a study focus change. Um, and then mm-hmm. I, I went from there, I started working, you know, by the time I transferred and, uh, cause I transferred back to Texas. By the time I did all of that, I, um, had to work cause I always had to pay my own bills. So, and, you know, I started to realize that, you know, loans are really serious. Because at seventeen, you're not thinking about when you're gonna pay it back. You're just like, thanks government for the free loan. Uh, so by the time I had changed, I was 21. So at that point, I'm like, wow, like I need to really start paying for things and not take out something alone. so many um, loans. So that's when I picked a job in tech as a like a it was like tech support for a web hosting company, and um, that was pretty much that was history. I went from there. So
0: started you on that path.
2: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Uh, well, to start wrapping up, um, to thank Steph for taking the time to chat with us, we'll be making donations to two orgs of her choice, the Diana Initiative and WISP that she mentioned earlier, Women in Security and Privacy. Um, Steph, do you want to share a little bit about these orgs and your experience with them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, both of them pretty much came into my life at the same time. Uh, so last year um, I responded to a tweet that from WISP and basically they were saying that um, they wanted to give like a scholarship of like 500, uh, a $500 stipend and like a ticket to DEF CON for two women. And so it was like either reply to the tweet or retweeted or something like that. And so I did that and um, I started to see, I was like, you know, two out of however many are replying to this, like, yeah, good luck. I don't know how, 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 what my chances are, but they don't seem very high. And then suddenly like people were donating to WISP, um, they were donating scholarships to WISP and then they're like, oh, you know, now we can do 10, now we can do 15. Um, And then it got up to 57. And so I was a part of the 57 and that was the first year that they did that. So um, I was able to go to DEF CON because of WISP. And that was like a really huge, uh, a part of a huge, literally, I think it has a huge part to play in where I sit now with the opportunities that have come my way um, and the things I'm involved in. So um, that's why this year I decided I wanted to give back. Um, I was gonna do a scholarship myself, but they ended up asking me to be lead. So um, I'm giving my time instead. So that's why I'm giving back to them. And then Diana Initiative was uh, happening during DEFCON. I think the day before DEFCON last year was one of the days for Diana Initiative. And then um, the second day was like the first day of DEFCON. And it was a very nice, safe space for women who are in security. And I had not experienced that because, I mean, there's not very many of us and I I'm still pretty new to the Houston industry, so I don't really know many women here in Houston that are in security. Um, so it was crazy to see so many people who were either hopefuls, like security hopefuls, or who were in the industry, and hear talks by women who were in the industry, um, and just see that it was possible. Because uh, for the longest time in this industry, I didn't know I didn't know many technical women. Like I knew women in the industry, but they weren't doing technical roles, so. It was a really it just really shaped my mind and said, like, oh, I could definitely do the things that I said that I want to do in the industry. I see all these people have accomplished this stuff. I'm not alone. Um, so that really helped me with, you know, changing my mindset. And when I came back, it was just, you know, it just put a fire under me to, you know, make an effort, a, a larger effort. So both of them are definitely a very important part in my career journey. Um and I think that they did that for a number of women last year, and I'm thinking they're gonna do that for a number of women this year. So um, I think they, they just have done really well in terms of making sure that diversity and inclusion is, a, is, is achieved at some scale. Um, you know, They can only do what they can but yeah, I think that they definitely changed my life. So that's why I think that they deserve a donation.
1: Well, they definitely sound like uh, really amazing uh, organizations. So, yeah, thank you for sharing more about them with us.
0: Cool. Well, thank you, thank you so much for for talking to us. We really, really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank
2: you for having me. I know I talked your ear off. So. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, it was great.
1: It was really very informative, uh, and it was great to learn some more about you. So, thanks again.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for joining us again. We really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the episode, we hope you'll join us again next time. And if you know someone who you think would enjoy the show, we'd love it if you'd send it to them so they can check it out too.
0: And thank you again to Steph for joining us. Uh, we talked about this in the conversation with her, but we plan to thank each guest of the podcast for their time by making a small donation to a nonprofit org of their choice. In future short stack episodes, we generally plan to have two guests. Uh, Since Steph was our only guest on this first one, we're making donations to two orgs that are important to her uh, that she talked about uh, in our time with her. So again, for this episode, we're supporting Women in Security and Privacy, or WISP, and the Diana Initiative. And we'll have links to uh, both in the show notes, so you can check them out if you want to.
1: Thanks again so much for joining us everyone and be well.